Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Alex Newman, one of my favorite journalists, is our guest today. Before we get to him, I want to remind you to check out our new blog. It's actually a, a post. It's going to be a resource on our website. We've got all of our guests in alphabetical order, and we even linked their name to their most recent podcasts. So we did all the work for you, so you don't have to. All you need to do is go to StandUpForTheTruth.com and look for that post where it says your favorite guests, and then we've got them linked up. Uh, and also, we'll put them in the podcast post today with some of Alex's articles. And we also have a brand new product, thanks to our friends at Red Pill Prints. It's a sharp-looking uh, black coffee mug with Stand Up For The Truth on it, John fourteen six, and a cross. It looks really nice, guys. And I just want you to check that out in today's post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Look at the top of the page. You'll see one word. It says Merch. That If you click on Merch, it will go to our Stand Up For The Truth page. It's not done in-house. It's done through this uh, Canadian family that uh, wanted to bless us with designing merchandise, and they do all the shipping, and even the proceeds go to this ministry after costs are covered. So it's just an amazing blessing to us that we didn't ask for, but we will take it and thank God for it. Um, so Alex Newman, our guest today, award-winning journalist, educator. We love his writing, and he is uh, an extensive researcher, CEO of the Liberty Sentinel, author of Crimes of the Educators. He's an education writer, of course, for the Newman Report at Freedom Project Media. We'll talk about that in a minute. Plus, a correspondent for the New American Magazine, which we've got a few articles to touch on in our short time today, and a contributor to the Epic Times and many others. Alex, thank you so much for coming back on Stand Up For The Truth. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Okay, Alex. Well, before we get into some of these uh, articles, um, recent update on your speaking and your travels um, you just got back from somewhere, and now next week you're going somewhere else. Tell us about where you've been speaking in education conferences or what? Yeah, I've been to all kinds of things. This has been crazy. I actually just got back from um, Mike Lindell's Moment of Truth Summit. That took place over the weekend at, um, at in Springfield, Missouri, depending on who you talk to, Missouri or Missouri. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just uh, funny little disagreements to have, I guess, if you're north of the Missouri River. Uh, but no, I've been at uh, homeschool expos. I've been uh, speaking at conferences. I just, a couple of days before that, I was at the Doctors for Disaster Preparedness Conference in Las Vegas speaking about education and the disaster that that has become. Uh, next week, I'll be going to the Liberty Pastor Summit in Texas. And then right after that, I'll be heading over to New Mexico to teach at a, a church there close to Lubbock. And um, yeah, it's just nonstop. So. Close to Lubbock. I've got to tell my friends there. I've got friends that live in Lubbock, so um, they can maybe get over oh, to... fantastic. I'll be flying into Lubbock. So. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, so, Liberty Pastors, um, I've gone to a couple of those. Amazing work that Dan Fisher and Paul Blair and many others have done to equip pastors from across the country and offer them kind of a little retreat. It's, it's three days. Yes, it's a lot of, there are a lot of sessions and a lot of learning. Great speakers there. Um, you're obviously one of the speakers and, and Paul and, and they bring in many others. But what an amazing move of God, I think, Alex, because if there's something that we need, it's to get the pulpits back engaged in fighting for our country and our freedoms. Uh, just your brief thoughts on Liberty Pastors and that important work. Uh, well, thank you, brother. I, I think this is one of the most important things that God is doing in the country right now. Uh, he is using Paul Blair and uh, his co-pastor, Dan Fisher, uh, in, in a marvelous way. Uh, and for those who aren't familiar with it, they are um, basically doing these conferences all over the country. Uh, they're bringing pastors together. They've got some wonderful donors, financial backers who are making this possible. So the pastor basically pays the ninety nine dollar registration fee, and they get uh, basically an all expenses paid mm -hmm. uh, uh, trip to a beautiful resort. 
um, you know, you can bring their wives along if they want, and you know, they can eat great meals. And um, in exchange, they they listen to three or four days of teachings from people who know about uh, different specific areas. I, I teach on globalism and education. Um, Dr. Lee Merritt has been teaching on, on health and COVID and what's been going on with that. Uh, former Congressman Bob McEwen, the executive director of the Council for National Policy, uh, he's been teaching on socialism versus free markets. Hmm. Uh, and of course, all of it goes right back to the scripture, right? And the, yep. and the purpose of this is to equip these pastors with the, the knowledge of the Word of God. Um, you know, the Bible calls on uh, especially the shepherds to preach the whole counsel of God, Amen. not just the parts that don't make anyone uncomfortable or the parts that the IRS doesn't mind uh, when you have a 501c3 status. It's the whole counsel of God. And so uh, Pastor Blair talks about you know the, the proper role of government, because, of course, civil government is God's idea. It's a divinely ordained institution, but God also prescribed uh, certain roles, certain functions, certain responsibilities, and certain limits to that institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, just absolutely critical. Um, they, they teach uh, Pastor Paul, or excuse me, Pastor Dan Fisher, who served as a legislator in Oklahoma, um, even while he was in the ministry. Uh, he teaches on uh, how pastors can get involved and how pastors have been involved all throughout American history, um, you know, in, in the political realm, in preaching election sermons, and running for office. Uh, and, of course, the Black Robe Regiment, uh, really what they're doing is uh, reviving the Black Robe Regiment, which, mm-hmm. of course, were the uh, liberty-minded pastors who uh, helped free America from yes. uh, British journey. Yes, and we're just so blessed here, Alex, um, indirectly, because of Liberty Pastors. We've had these guys on the podcast, Paul Blair, Dan Fisher, Rick Scarborough, you, Dr. Lee Merritt, Dran Reese, uh, Dr. James Taylor, Stephen Broden, uh, we've been so blessed with, um, the many great guests. Steve Smotherman, I could go on and on. So it's probably too late for you guys to get your pastor registered for the Austin, Texas one, August 29th through the 31st. That's where Alex will be next week. But in September, September 18th through 21, there's a Liberty Pastors Conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then there's one in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, October 16th through 19th. And again, if you missed what Alex said, it's $99 for three days, all expenses paid at a really nice, typically a really nice resort where you get fed and, and you get a nice environment and you get a little bit of downtime, but some phenomenal speakers and uh, education on just getting you equipped as pastors. So get this information to your pastors. It's libertypastors.com. Okay, Alex, right over to Freedom Project. You do the Newman Report. I think you've been doing that for years. Uh, recent headlines, New Jersey Teachers Union slams concerned parents as, quote, extremists. Um, public school enrollment is cratering nationwide. Uh, ask students pronouns, uh, Pennsylvania uh, Pennsylvania Education Department tells teachers, and more and more you write on every week. And let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you've been contributing there for, for years, um, and it's been a blessing to see uh, what they've done there in the last four or five years at Freedom Project with the media wing. And I just want to just uh, let you talk about the Newman Report and your experience working with Freedom Project, and then we'll talk about the new show. Well, thank you. And uh, so one of the highlights of my week every week is I, I do a, a weekly education blog post, a little article. Uh, typically, they're, they're very short, uh, just covering whatever I think is most important or the hottest topic in the education realm. And of course, you're a big part of that as well. Um, I think they're, they're right now in the process of rebranding as Freedom Media. And uh, it, it really has been a, a wonderful operation. Um, you know, we've got a, a great team, and of course, all of this get, was getting rolled into the Dr. Duke show. Now that's going to be rolled into the show that, that you and Katie are doing, uh, Educated, I believe it's called. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think education is perhaps the single most important battle that we're dealing with right now uh, in the political realm, because it's the one that transcends all the others. And, and I think for Christians and for pastors, um, they need to recognize that, uh, the government right now, a godless, pagan government that denies uh, Christ, that will not allow you to talk about Christ, that will not allow you to mention or bring up or read the Word of God or pray publicly, is at this moment discipling, and yes, I, I chose that word very deliberately, yes. discipling something like three-fourths of American children. Now, most of these children come from Christian homes, and yet they're being discipled by a godless, pagan system. Uh, it's totally unacceptable. And so uh, it, it transcends all these issues, right? The, the gun debate, the abortion debate, the open borders, the, 
the slide of our country into socialism and tyranny. All these issues go right back to the discipling of our children in a godless pagan system. Um, and so I think it, it's a critical area, and that's why it's, it, for me it's so important to be able to focus on this, and, and I, I'm, it's an honor to be able to work with you and Katie and uh, some of the other great people. We've got Mike Menzel with us. Uh, just like an incredible team to really shine the light on what's happening in K-12 and in universities and how that relates to uh, really the destruction of our country, our civilization, our families, and all the rest of it. So, Alex, um, I'm just blessed to be able to work with you, call you a, a, a co-worker in a way, uh, a, a colleague. It's a blessing because I look up to you and, and your writing, man. You, you raise the bar for all of us when it comes to research and journalism. But the new show, Educated, next week, it kicks off Monday at freedomproject.com. It will cover education, culture, uh, not only academia, but government, politics, health, and even occasional church issues. So looking forward to that. But, Alex, I want to get you to respond, and I think we're, we're, I'm taking a little bit of a different direction than what I had planned because I wanted to jump in to your article on the U.N. Um, by now. But I want to ask you, I, I've been in touch with Christian teachers, and I, have, I, I call them insiders. I've got one from Minnesota, one from Green Bay. There are people that send me things that are going on the, in the public schools, the orders they get from their higher-ups. And one of them, I know a lot of them mean well. I, I got somebody different here locally that uh, doesn't really want to know about everything that's going on and what the NEA president said in her recent speech, Becky Pringle, because we've been talking about that uh, point by point. We, we really did a couple podcasts on that. But um, he said this, and I want to get you to respond. He said, um, he, he says, the thought of all Christian educators being forced out of public education by sweeping gender policies causes me to tremble for our nation. I see it as a death sentence over America because he he considers, you know, God calls us as believers light. Um, and he says if God really does call his lights, Christian teachers, out of the next generation being raised up, and, uh, he said um, it would definitely be a sign of the approaching tribulation, meaning things are going down fast. Um and what would you say to how would you respond to that? Because he's looking at the small number of Christian teachers first, and then those who actually are trying to be an influence. And I know their hands are tied and they can't say much about the biblical worldview. But he says if you take all the Christian teachers out, it's going to go even worse. And the future generations are not going to be able to understand uh, the biblical worldview. They don't already understand it now. Your thoughts? Yeah, this is such a tough issue, and, uh, you know, I, I pray for teachers in the public school system, for Christian teachers in the public school system, but if I'm quite honest, I, I think um, if the time hasn't come already, the time is very rapidly approaching where they're not going to be able to um, continue teaching there with a good conscience, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've seen that here, in, even in my local community. We live in a very conservative community, uh, massively tilted toward Republicans. Uh, I mean, a, a Democrat can't run for countywide office here. It's just impossible. <laughs> um, because they'll get creamed. Uh, and yet, um, we have a lot of friends who were teaching in the public school system. I mean, ironically, uh, many of the homeschool families that are in our homeschool community, and um, they've been dropping like flies, unfortunately. Uh, a good friend of mine, I, I won't mention his name for obvious reasons, but a good friend of mine was teaching seventh grade history uh, at a local middle school. And, um, you know, he, he was determined to try to, to stay there, to try to be a light, to try to teach these children uh, true American history. And, you know, he, he would do his best to, to bring God into the discussion. You know, he thought he could get away with it because, hey, you know, here, here's our Declaration of Independence. It says our rights come from our Creator. Let's talk about our Creator. What did our founding fathers think about it? So, you know, he found little ways to try to, to sneak the truth in there. But um, probably four years ago, I think it was, uh, the administration came to him and said, look, uh, you need to start showing these uh, videos uh, for your first period class every day of the week, and here's the videos. He actually sent me the videos, and he sent me the YouTube link that he was supposed to share with his students, and it was a glorification of homosexuality, glorification of transgenderism, glorification of uh, bisexuality, and these types of things. Wow. Um, and, and he just said, I can't do that. I can't do that. And so he quit. Um, and, you know, I, I think Christians need to realize the system... Uh, 
it can't be saved. And it was it was unbiblical to begin with, right? The Bible never yes. calls on Christians to let Caesar educate their children or disciple their children. And so God bless the teachers that are in there trying to be a light. But I, I think if we're honest, you can't continue probably for much longer to hold that job uh, and continue doing what God calls us to do. So, Thank you. It's, it's really hard. I pray for those that I know that are Christians in that system. But again, they're paying their teachers dues. Guess where they go to elect pro-abortion Democrats, as admittedly by the NEA president promoting, and they're really upset with the overturn of Roe v. Wade. And of course, they campaign. They pour money into Democrat campaigns, and they have elected every. They've um, um, endorsed every Democrat candidate for president since Jimmy Carter. What does that tell you? It's a one-party. System. They're very political. They're actually, Alex. It's interesting. The the teachers unions. They're very political and they're religious. They're just not Christian, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> and you know they'll welcome. I've been telling people they will welcome any false religion that you can think of. It's totally welcome in the class. In fact, sometimes it's mandatory. Um, you know, in, in the state of California, last April, the state board of education voted unanimously for uh, an ethnic studies model curriculum that mandated that elementary school children sing praises and chants to the uh, pagan, demonic, Aztec deities of cannibalism, war, and human sacrifice. Um, And that's a fact. They they finally took it out when they got sued in federal court because they realized they were going to get smacked down. But just let that sink in. The board voted unanimously that every government school child in that, uh, millions and millions of them, there's about six million victims of the government school system in California, should be chanting to bloodthirsty demons that uh, demand endless human sacrifice. Um, and that's welcome in the classroom. But you try to mention the Ten Commandments or the Lord's Prayer, and they will chase you out of there like you're some kind of um, you know, monster. It, it's, it's atrocious. Yes. So, uh, Alex, we've got just three minutes left before we have to take our first break. And um, we're not going to be able to get to both of your excellent articles, but I do want to at least start this one, start talking about this one, the importance of the U.S. getting the heck out of the United Nations And now there's a bill that's been reintroduced and legislation that would end U.S. membership in the U.N., and it's called the American Sovereignty Restoration Act. And there's so many issues with the corruption and the anti-God, anti-Christian worldview of the U.N. So tell us about this bill and why it's important for us to get out of the U.N. Yeah, well, well, thank you. And I I know we're down a couple minutes left, but uh, the U.N., has been wicked and evil from the beginning. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think it was founded on these lofty ideals of world peace and things like that. It wasn't. Uh, it was founded by communists, including, incidentally, our lead representative, Albert Hiss, who was prosecuted for being a, a spy and an agent of Joseph Stalin. Uh, so this bill is fantastic. The American Sovereignty Restoration Act. I wrote an article about it in the New American Magazine. It's H.R. 7806. Um, and it was introduced by uh, some of the best members of Congress. And uh, what it would do, basically, is uh, end all of our involvement with uh, the UN and all of its agencies. It would kick the UN's headquarters off of our soil, and it would uh, prohibit American soldiers from being forced to serve under UN command. Um, so, great, great bill. I encourage people to go read the article because they'll <clears throat> they'll see the different reasons why these members of Congress um, introduced this bill. But uh, it's a it's a wonderful bill. It's definitely needed. Uh, you know, Trump was moving us in the right direction. He got us out of multiple UN agencies, including the World Health Organization. Um, hopefully when he gets back in in 2024, we can really make a move on this. Yes, we've got a minute left to talk about in that article that you wrote. It's called Lawmakers File Bill to Get Us Out of the U.N. It's a brand new article over at thenewamerican.com. And it talks about the corruption, the waste of the U.N., hostility to Israel, opposition to fundamental American principles, their hatred of the Second Amendment, and a lot more reasons to get out of the UN. And um, I think we can all agree, those of us who've been paying attention for any length of time, that the UN has really been a problem morally. And if you're a Christian, um, how can you disagree with this bill that America needs to pull away from this godless organization and uh, with so many really corrupt affiliations? But Alex Newman is our guest today. We've got to take our first break. And when we come back, a very important topic. Um, maybe we can wrap up on this one a little bit, Alex. Um, but very important talk, topic about the global war on farming. What's behind this? What's happening to some local and state farmers? And what is the government doing? There's some concerning developments. 
when it comes to policies that could lead to food shortages. And experts are warning. More with Alex Newman when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Alex Newman is our guest today, the new American, Liberty Sentinel, and the Newman Report, and Epic Times. Alex, uh, we were talking off air. We want to finish up a couple points on this article, Lawmakers File Bill to Get Us Out of the U.N. And uh, we're talking about the importance of what Trump did when he was able to get the U.S. out of UNESCO and uh, Biden is still trying to work around that. Of course, federal law and the Constitution hasn't stopped this administration yet. So tell us about the importance of getting us out of UNESCO and that part of the article. Well, UNESCO, I think, is one of the most important U.N. agencies. Uh, it was always intended from the very beginning to be the agency that would manipulate the minds of young people. Mm. Um, to, to bring them into this new global system that they're building. Uh, it's the agency that created the World Core Curriculum. It's the agency that peddled the World Core Curriculum. Uh, it's an agency that is absolutely dominated by uh, anti-Christian, anti-American uh, communists and extremists of every variety. Uh, it's been under the leadership of communists almost since its inception. Um, its very first chief was actually uh, Julian Huxley, who also happened to be the head of the British Eugenics Society. These are the racist uh, wackadoodles who think that some races are better than other races and we can selectively breed humans like cattle to evolve to a, some sort of better species. Um, and he also was the head of the Humanist Association, which is no surprise um, you know, that his, he would believe a, a bonkers religion that man is God and man can determine for himself what's right and wrong and that man can be perfected through government. Um, and so it's been a, a cesspool of corruption and evil from the beginning. Uh, and of course, today it is uh, probably the single most influential organization when it comes to education policy and education standards and curricula worldwide. Um, the UNESCO is, uh, is leading the charge for mm-hmm. globalized education. And um, you know, it, it was a huge deal that Trump got us out. Uh, the Biden administration is trying to get us back in, but um, right now they have to deal with uh, a number of federal statutes that, uh, that prohibit that. So. Okay, one more point in the article, Alex. Um, the deep state wants to keep Americans entangled in international organizations. How does this benefit those in the deep state? I mean, they have to understand a lot of these policies and these entanglements are going to weaken or hurt America, whether it's the economy or something else. Can you explain that? What, what does the deep state get out of this entanglement? <coughs> well, they're, they're trying to globalized governance, right? They, they want to move away from the concept of nation states. Uh, and of course, God is the creator of nations, right? We know from Deuteronomy, we know from the book of Acts, mm-hmm. uh, God is the one who uh, created nations. Uh, you can actually read the story of when he did that and part of the reason why he did that uh, in Genesis chapter 11, where you read about the Tower of Babel. God told people to spread out and they're like, no, we're just going to hang out here and build a big tower. Uh, so God <laughs> forced the issue. Um, and, um, you know, he did it for a reason. And so these, these globalists want to um, abolish nations and turn us all into one big global uh, system. And they, they've been working on this for hundreds of years. Right? I mean, you can go back and you can find um, very influential people, including Karl Marx uh, in the 1840s, uh, rambling about the need to get rid of the nation state and nations and move toward a one world system. Uh, and that really is the goal of the United Nations. And, um, you know, I, I'm fine with a one world government as soon as Christ returns and rules it. Um, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, you know, I don't trust anybody with that kind of power, and I don't think we anybody should. And if you look at the UN, um, it, it's been a disaster from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, completely overrun by communists, literally from the beginning. Yep. And um, yet it's not something that we as, a, as free Americans should be funding or participating in. Amen, brother. So let's jump over to your article. It's also very important behind the global war on farming and just pull out some bullet points and I'll direct people to that. We'll link that up at standupforthetruth.com. But you know, Alex, uh, 10 years ago, agenda 2030, the year 2030 seemed so far away. And now here we are in 2022. We're eight years away from 2030 and they've had these sustainable de- development goals, SDS or, or SDG for a long time. And now we're starting to see more of these 
uh, really they're gaining a lot of ground that we thought years ago, oh, this is a, if they if it's even possible, it's a long ways off. So tell us about this, uh, the escalating regulatory attack on agricultural producers, farmlands. What's their goal? What do they get out of this? They want to just control all the food production, and don't they know this is going to cause some some famines? Please set us up and get us into your article here. Yeah, so basically in 2015, all the governments of the world came together and uh, adopted what they call uh, Agenda 2030. Uh, it's also known as the Sustainable Development Goals. They've got 17 Sustainable Development Goals with uh, 169 targets underneath them. And, uh, you know, they, they actually were pretty open about what they were doing when they were uh, creating this. Uh, the head of the UN, the Secretary General, called this the Global Declaration of Interdependence, which was a very clear swipe at our Declaration of Independence. Um, right, so we're moving toward a one-world system. Forget your little independence, you rowdy Americans. Um, the head of the UN General Assembly, his name is Peter Thompson of Fiji, uh, he said that, um, you know, this, actually he called it the master plan for humanity. And that must have been one of the talking points because you very quickly saw that appearing all over the media in lots of mouths of UN officials. This is the master plan for humanity. Um, and that, that's how they view it. And so if you read these sustainable development goals, very superficially, right? If you don't dig into them, if you don't put your thinking cap on, you might think, oh, get rid of poverty. Oh, that sounds wonderful, yeah. right? Let's do that. Uh, but when you stop and think about these things, you realize, well, th this is really a, a roadmap for creating a totalitarian one-world government, right? Um, if the U.S. is going to solve every problem in the world, they're going to need all possible power and no limitations on their power. Um, and as you break them down, you realize they're, they're coming for everything, right? They want abortions and vaccines for all. They, they want global wealth redistribution, so yep. a global <clears throat> socialist system. Um, and, and there are several of these, at least five, depending on how you read them, that deal directly with agriculture. And so these are being implemented. And if you want to see what that looks like, look at Sri Lanka, look at Holland, uh, look at China. Uh, basically, it involves um, regulating small and medium-sized farmers to death. Uh, moving us away from traditional agriculture, uh, bankrupting uh, independent producers, and moving us all into this kind of fascistic global system where big government and big business partner together to have total control of the food supply and uh, and then use it as a weapon against us. Mm. And I realize that sounds kind of wild, but if people go read the article, you'll see that um, this becomes very clear just from reading their own documents. Yes, and one of the senses that jumped out at me immediately was uh, you write that multiple experts said that the U.N. backed sustainability policies on agriculture and food production would lead to economic devastation, shortages of critical goods, which in part we're seeing a little bit of that now, widespread famine, and a dramatic loss of individual freedoms. This is what some of the most powerful corporate leaders, I call them you know, power elites, global elites, they're working towards. Uh, they're some of the most wealthy people in the world. Now, Alex, let's clarify something. When, If and when more of these measures and policies and regulations uh, take place and hurt the the people, these elites, they're not going to be affected by it, are they? No. Uh, you know, they, they fully intend to keep their own uh, luxurious private organic farms. And, <laughs> um, you know, they have the money printer, right? So, so while we are struggling now to pay our bills, we have to decide whether we're going to put gasoline in our car or heat our home or buy medicine or put food on the table – um, you know, these people quite literally own the printing presses for the money. <laughs> so, um, you know, these, these are not going to be issues for them. But uh, we know that they have talked about and planned to use food as a weapon since at least the 1970s. Right? Henry Kissinger, back in the early 1970s, when he was National Security Advisor, wrote uh, this infamous memo, the, uh, the Kissinger memo, where he argued that there are too many people on the planet and that uh, we need to use food as a weapon to convince governments around the world to start sterilizing people, to start showering contraception on people, to start promoting abortion, uh, because there are too many people. So the, the key part there is they were going to use food as a weapon to change government policy, to change human behavior, to change family dynamics, mm. uh, and we would be absolutely ridiculously naive to think that uh, these types of people are not still in control of government policy in the United States, at the United Nations, and around the world. And Another point from your very good article, um, the goal isn't to preserve the environment. Or, I mean, they say this all the time. We're fighting climate change, environmental justice, right? 
save the planet. Their goal isn't to preserve the environment or fight climate change at all. It's to gain control over food, agriculture, and people, reduce sovereignty on both individual nations and people. And then one more quote, Alex. You say, um, you, you, you write, the intent for those pushing this agenda is not to save the planet as they purport, but to increase control. Why? I, I think... For those that are thinking this has got to be a conspiracy theory, why do they want to control the entire world? That sounds just so grandiose. Yeah, and, and what I tell people, when, <clears throat> because that, that is the natural reaction of a normal human being, right? Normal human beings, are, are their hearts are desperately wicked, right? We know because the Bible teaches us that. But they still have some basic human affections. Um, you know, they still have a conscience. God has written his laws on their heart. And so when they're running around murdering or stealing, you know, they, they feel bad about it. They feel guilty about it because God has been gracious enough to, to give us these mechanisms that show us that we're doing evil and make us feel guilty. But there has always been a subset of the population that is just so wicked, so depraved that, um, you know, they, they don't feel normal human emotion. They don't feel normal sympathy for people. And if you doubt this, open up a history book. Look around the world today. Um, you have a, a class of psychopaths that have existed from the dawn of time that have been in, in service of, uh, you know, the, the powers and the principalities that uh, that are more than happy to kill, to murder, to destroy. And, uh, again, you, you see these people in every single society. Um, and, and very often they rise to the top, right? In, in Germany, we had Hitler and his goons. In, in Russia, we had Stalin and Lenin. Uh, in China, we had Mao and his goons. In Cuba, we had Castro and, and Che Guevara and their goons. Right? Uh, this this group of people exists in every society. So a normal person, you know, they might lie a little. They might embezzle a little bit of money at work. You know, they, they may do uh, relatively small sins, but they don't sit around thinking about how do we control the world? How, yeah. do, we, how do we slaughter large numbers of people? But the fact that these people exist is, is very clear. Um, and it's just, I think, hard for normal people to realize because that's not how they think. They're thinking about how do I, you know, how do I make life better for my family? How do I get a bigger home? How do I drive a nicer car? They're not thinking about how do I enslave my neighbors so that I can get them to work for me. Uh, but these people exist, and, and it's very clear they, they have from the beginning, and they will continue until uh, evil is smashed. So, so Alex, it, it, we're really, we really unfortunately have to think like the enemy in a way when we start looking at this this push for globalism and the demonic agendas that are being unleashed. And I'm looking at a page from, uh, I think, a, an issue ago of The New American and a picture of billionaire founder of CNN, Ted Turner, that he once called for a total world population of 250 to 300 million people. That's, back, by the way, a 95% decline from the current population level. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, some of these elites, these these wealthy men, really do want to not just control the population, control people, but you're talking about purposeful famine so that people will die off. Am, am I overstating that? And can you explain? Yeah, I, I think they do want to create a situation where we have a food shortage, and then they want to use that food shortage and weaponize that food shortage to get us to accept policies that we would never otherwise accept, uh, potentially to, to get rid of many people on the planet, uh, and then also to fundamentally transform the food supply. And, and that's not me speculating. That's me reading their documents. They've been mm -hmm. talking about this for many, many years, the Rockefeller Foundation, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations. Uh, they want us to stop eating meat. They want us to eat bugs. Um, and again, I realize that sounds crazy. Go read the UN documents. I, I first covered this uh, a decade ago when the UN Food and Agriculture Organization put out a report saying that uh, Western people and people around the world need to stop eating meat. They need to eat bugs, and we need a propaganda campaign. So uh, this is very real, um, mm -hmm. you know. And, and one of the things they want to do, I think, with with this uh, food transformation, is centralize control to the point where um, you know, they can use that as leverage to get people to comply. Uh, a system where you'll have to submit to this evil if you want to be able to buy, sell, eat, etc. So um, that's that's what we're dealing with. And again, I think their documents speak very clearly to all of this. Yes, it's it's out in plain sight. It's available for those that want to get the information and research. And they've been putting this out for years. And the problem is, too many Americans and those around the world uh, have not been paying attention, uh, or maybe they're just too busy. But um, how? Is the Biden administration a part of this? I remember the Build Back Better slogan, right? I mean, that, that, that's, uh, that's a World Economic Forum slogan. Um, how are they involved in this, and why are they kind of going along or even pushing this? 
Yeah, the Biden administration is at the forefront of this. Uh, they have helped uh, destroy the fertilizer supply. They're now imposing uh, ESG metrics on companies through the SEC. What's ESG? Uh, hugely significant. Uh, ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. Right. So uh, typically in a free market system, uh, companies think about how do we make money for our shareholders. And, of course, the obvious way to do that in a free market is to serve customers, to produce goods and services that people want to buy. Um, you know, it's wonderful that even though uh, you know we, we have parts that are desperately wicked, at least uh, the unregenerate, God still uh, gave us the system where we had to serve each other if we wanted to make a living. Uh, so that's what companies have done historically in a free market. They figure out how do we earn money from our shareholders? Well, we do that by satisfying the needs and wants of consumers through the production of goods and services. Under ESG, companies now will have to worry about uh, environment, uh, social justice, and also uh, governance. And so basically an ESG score that now they're being given to all sorts of companies, and the SEC is going to start mandating this very soon. They've already proposed the regulation. A uh, company now has to answer for, uh, you know, your your carbon emissions, right? How, how seriously are you taking climate change? Uh, do you have enough homosexuals and transgenders on your board of directors? Uh, do you have enough uh, homosexuals and transgenders in your advertising, right? All that stuff will give you a good ESG score. So it's basically fascism, right, where, where companies now are no longer serving their shareholders and their customers. They're now uh, serving government mandates and decrees. So uh, the Biden administration is moving full speed ahead of this. They're trying to bankrupt uh, farmers and ranchers. They're requiring now these uh, downstream uh, reporting of emissions, which, of course, is going to affect and really bankrupt uh, small and medium-sized farmers, anyone who tries to do business with uh, a public company. So uh, this war is is um, it's going into overdrive. Yes. And uh, if, if we're not paying attention, it's going to come up on us and sneak up on us like uh, in, in a very, very dangerous way. The article is by Alex Newman over at the Epic Times. Alex Newman explains UN Agenda 2030 behind farming restrictions. Alex, we've just got a minute and a half left. What can the average Christian, conservative, concerned American do? How should we respond other than trying to raise awareness on social media if they allow, allow us to speak? <laughs> well, I, I'd say start with pray, 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 pray. Get on your knees, read your Bible, get involved with your church. Uh, get get more connected with your local community. Get involved in uh, the local political realm. Run for office. Support somebody who's running for office. Mm. Um, you know, start making connections right now with your local farmers. Go to farmers markets and and try to uh, build yourself a network outside of the corporatocracy. Um, and uh, you know, protect your kids. Get them out of the government school systems. T- teach them well. Disciple them like God calls us to do. Mm. And um, you know, spread spread this podcast. Listen to Stand Up for the Truth and, and get this out to your family, your friends, your neighbors. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, we need to we we need to work real hard, but we need to trust God with the result. Amen, brother. I wish there were more of you, Alex Newman. Thank you for all the work you do. We'll be in touch, brother. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, brother. God bless you too. All right, when we come back, a couple polls on Americans say the U.S. is headed in the wrong direction. And what about student loan forgiveness? And the DOJ has a press release you'll be surprised about coming up. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, we talked to you uh, last week about the uh, Boston Children's Hospital that is offering hysterectomies for uh, young girls that um, identify um, as the opposite gender, and which is very concerning. But now there's a Department of Justice press release that came out about the Boston Children's Hospital, and this release mentions hate four times, and guess who they're calling haters? And the the press release from the DOJ mentions child sex changes zero times. So do you understand the the duplicity here, the corruption, the, the level of just it, it's really lies just backing one side of this story. So if you missed it last week, we told you about Boston Children's Hospital and its staff. The, the, the controversy, it's, it's really um, it's, they've come under fire there. They've taken, gotten some threats after some Twitter accounts uh, shared publicly available videos that the hospital put out. We even did this in a Freedom Project uh, video a couple weeks ago, I think a week and a half ago, and an article on this, it, it, they're offering these surgeries to minors. So the DOJ, Department of Justice, statement 
used the word hate four times to suggest that the, the alleged threats against the hospital that are mutilating young girls um, were potential hate crimes. So the threats, the people that were speaking out of, uh, about this evil, they're hateful. These are potential hate crimes. <clears throat> but they avoided the DOJ, did not mention sex changes, or they did not uh, use a euphemism about uh, supporting children's authenticity, right? And here's what the statement from uh, one of the uh, attorneys is, says, children deserve an opportunity to thrive and grow as their own authentic selves. Parents, guardians, and healthcare providers who support them in that journey should be allowed to do so free of threats and harassment. Meaning if a minor, let's just say a 10 or 12-year-old, 12-year-olds, that's what they're, they're doing these surgeries, they're approving these surgeries for minors. Actually, it's 17 years old, but you know what, five years, right? So it says, while free speech is indeed the cornerstone of our great nation, fear Intimidation and threats are not. Now, I agree with that. Uh, I will not sit idly by and allow hate-based criminal activity to continue. So (laughs) this is a disturbing development now that our Department of Justice is involved in backing the transgender agenda. We've already known the Biden administration is full-on into all things LGBTQ+++. But when Twitter users started sharing videos of the Boston Children's Hospital staff promoting, for example, puberty blockers for children, mastectomies for girls as young as 15, and various genital surgeries that the hospital offers on children, um, these videos were removed from YouTube. The, the, the hospital themselves, they had people from the hospital. I've, I saw them. We have them documented. They've been removed from YouTube. Why? Because of the blowback. Do you think, do you think the Boston Children's Hospital guidance said the hospital offered um, vaginoplasty to uh, children as young as 17, and they didn't list a minimum age requirement for gender-affirming hysterectomies? Notice how it says gender-affirming. What does that mean? They're, they're playing with language again, friends. They're, they're redefining words, again, redefining truth. But God creates us in his image. So God, if there is a building, there's a builder. If something is uniquely and intricately designed like the human body, God is the designer. So what they're doing now, obviously, be, pay attention to this language. They're saying, Gender reassignment, meaning they're reassigning gender. They're changing what God created, something that is true, something that is a fixed truth. That's It's just the way it is. It's fact. DNA, science, true science, backs it up. The Bible, obviously, backs it up. But they're saying now we're changing the gender you were, quote, assigned at birth, as if a doctor... Or a parent or a nurse can assign gender as soon as you're born, right? No, that's a lie from the enemy, and Satan is having a, just a field day with this. God creates, and now the moral relativism in this and the delusion in our society today is they are reassigning. Okay? Just understand, there will be more stories to come out. There will be more lawsuits. Um, there's a lot of sex change regret transgender regret, former transgenders. By the way, there's a plug for our show coming up on Monday. We've got former transgender Laura Perry uh, back with us. And uh, praise God, guys, uh, if you haven't been keeping up with her and her ministry, uh, she's married. Uh, Praise God. What a transformation in that young woman. So we'll be talking to her on Monday, and she'll talk about a little bit about this and share her thoughts. And we're going to try to get her husband on as well, just to share a little bit about his perspective. Next story, um, student loan forgiveness is bad policy. This is from the American Conservative. So the White House is gearing up for another installment of its debate over whether to forgive some student loans. Its self-imposed deadline for the decision is August 31st, which is days away. 
Some reports suggest Biden is considering wiping out up to $10,000 in student loan balances for kids, uh, for those making up to 150000 a year. Before we got on the air today, by the way, Alex Newman and I were talking about this, and I asked him about it, and he said, boy, I wish um, I would have known about this before I paid off my student loans to help others who uh, don't want to pay off theirs. So he worked really hard took out two student loans, and by now paid them off. But now what about all those who for decades and decades went into debt, started working, and, and it took maybe years and years to, for them to pay off their student loan and um, cutting corners? And now you've got a generation growing up, or at least a, a number of young students, college-age students, that think, I'm going to go, I'll get take out the loan. I won't have to pay for everything. Isn't that amazing what we're teaching our kids? So, by the way, that's socialist policy when you talk about taking money from the taxpayers to pay someone else. So you're taking that's wealth redistribution 101. You take away money from some people who have worked really hard in this taxpayer money in this case, and you're paying off student loans. This is just debt that someone else used. They had the benefits of that credit, that money, the loan, and they don't even have to pay for it. And yes, you can ask the question, how is that fair? Because it's not. So let's get over this poll really quick, a brand new one. Now, this is also over at the New American, and I have this at CBN.com. 74% of Americans say the U.S. is headed in the wrong direction, but Democrats are optimistic about midterms. Doesn't this stuff just make you laugh? So how is this possible? 74% of Americans polled said the U.S. is heading in the wrong direction. Now, let me say what I often say to just give you a reality check. This doesn't say that Republicans are going to come in, conservatives are going to be elected. We might even get some Christian conservatives elected. We might. That's true. We might. But it doesn't mean it's going to be a slam dunk. Because why? 95, and this is just my number, guys. We can have a debate on this. 95% of Democrats or those who vote Democrat will go to the next election, go to the polls, and they'll pull the level and mark the little circles for whoever has a D by their name, whoever is Democrat. They're not going to change parties. Now, 5% of people might. They might go over to the independent category. Maybe they'll sit out an election if they're Democrats and they don't approve of the Biden administration. Maybe, but not enough. I'm just giving you a reality check. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I am proved wrong. But statistically, when you go through the past elections, it doesn't matter how bad the Democrats did, how the policies hurt America. doesn't matter. Yes, there may be a big change in the midterm elections. More Republicans might get elected. That's true. But Democrats will still go in and vote for Democrats. That's the thing. We will just get more people that are conservative to get out and vote. That's a good possibility. But 74% of Americans say the U.S. is headed in the wrong direction. 21% think it's headed in the right direction. So those are the socialists. Those are the communists. Those are those who believe in Marxism, who are, are absolutely fine with the gender surrender in our society, with the pro-abortion radicalism, with the socialist policies in our government. Those are the ones that are fine with the godless society we live in. 21% say we are headed in the right direction. Okay? That's pretty clear. 74% say we are headed in the wrong direction. Let's go to another part of this same poll. Do you approve of Joe Biden's job in office? Now, guys, these are to me, these are irrelevant polls. Why do I mention them? Just to make this point. It doesn't matter how bad Joe Biden is doing. It just says 55% disapprove. Of Joe. That's not a lot. That's not 85%. That's not an overwhelming majority that disapprove of Joe Biden's job. Oh, my goodness. Look at what the man has done. The policies that he has enacted have been either socialist-driven or radicalized when it comes to abortion policy, whether it comes to taxpayer spending, whether it comes to energy, hurting America's energy independence. So these policies have been awful. And his performance, he's weakened America, including the military, um, we have such disrespect now from around the globe. You thought they, I mean, the, the left and the media, which is one and the same, they would try to make you think that, that Trump was disrespected. It's quite the contrary. Now, a lot of 
world leaders didn't like Trump, but he wasn't disrespected. They had a respect for him, knowing that he wasn't going to take their garbage, right? So Joe Biden, just the opposite. They know he's going to roll over. They'll do whatever. And they know he's weak. And America's very vulnerable right now. This is an NBC News poll. Who approves of Joe Biden's job in office? 42%. 42%. So that, it's not like it's in the 20s or 30s, which it should be to me, but and to you and I, to most of us who are listening. So what is this about? This is not about D or R, not about politics. It's about worldview. It's about the biblical worldview that we often talk about that should be at the foundation of what we, how we see the world, how we see culture, how we see government, how we see politics. And our worldview should drive everything. Our belief in the truth of scriptures, that the Bible is inspired by God. It is inerrant. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He is the truth. The gospel is an exclusive message because Jesus is the only way. But the offer is for whosoever will. There's an offer. The gospel is given to anyone, is given to, we are commissioned to share that gospel. That's good news because Jesus is the only way. He is the only answer. So everything is driven by worldview, right? So I just want to mention that as we talk about politics, we're not getting sucked up into this. And I really want to caution you right now. I talked to um, a gentleman this morning before we got on the air who um, tries to keep up with everything. You cannot. It is impossible. And human beings were not meant to take all of this world news on all the weight of the world and the cares and all these different areas. We are to be informed, but not overwhelmed. Big difference, right? Big difference. I mean, sometimes I've got a detox from what we do all week long here and what I do over at Freedom Project. We talk about the demonic agendas in the government-run school system and the teachers' unions. That's just the way it is. We've got to talk about some of this and what they're doing because Jesus said, uh, didn't he warn about those who would deceive children? And uh, he said, he warned, it would be better for you if a millstone were tied around your neck and that you were drowned in the sea than you take one of these little ones. He wanted to protect the children. We should feel the same way in that when it comes to education. So all that to say, we've got to wrap it up in a minute, but don't be overwhelmed. Remember Romans chapter 12. That's a great chapter to read because it starts off by saying, do not conform to the world's ways, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then at the end of Romans 12, it says, do not be overcome by evil, but, I love the buts in the Bible, but overcome evil with good. We can't do good sitting still. We can't do good sitting at home, not being engaged, not being aware of what's happening. And that's escapism, which we will talk more and more about. Very important to understand what escapism is. We'll talk more about that on future podcasts, but we got to run. Um, we are so blessed, guys. Thank you so much for going to our website and checking out the favorite Standard for the Truth guests. They're in alphabetical order. You can get any podcast from your favorite guest. So check that out. Uh, tomorrow you will hear from Billy Crone, and he's got a great DVD called The Great COVID Deception. Also Thursday, Pastor Jack Hibbs. Friday, we'll be talking about the book of Daniel and a new guest, Claude Stoffer. He's got a book out called Don't Give Up. God is my judge, and it's a study of Daniel. Thank you guys so much for listening and sharing the podcast. We're out there because of you. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>